Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. On the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, it is called Musings of an Old Sports Rider. You can find it on Substack. The work of one Bob Kravitz. Where's your lean on who Tom Allen's going to start at quarterback? Got one? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Sweet. Nice <laughs> lean. That's my lean. <laughs> well, I, I have no idea. I mean, I, I would think it would be uh, uh, Trace's little brother, but I guess the other kid's playing pretty well, too. So I think it doesn't matter, and they're going to be very bad. Yeah, it kind of seems like the way that Tom described it a couple of different times so far is that if you could take uh, the goodness out of both and then put them all together, then you might have something. But now it's like like the the negatives of both like override sometimes the goodness of both. That's what I gather. Maybe I'm wrong, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's Ohio State. Good good luck with that. Yeah, I, I know you you're playing games and stuff, and I know that's what everybody does, and you got to do it. Uh, but yeah, I don't know how necessarily that's going to be at the end end of the day of that game. So, um, you you talked with Peyton Manning about Anthony Richardson being installed as the opening week number one starter. What did he have to say about that in your column? Well, you know he's he's totally in favor of it. Um, you know, I mean, you know, he talked about how there would be games where they're getting beat forty four to nothing, and they would put together a drive late in the game. And how valuable those otherwise meaningless reps were to Peyton and to that young offense. So um, I'm still I'm still shocked that he didn't play in the, in the second preseason game. I still don't get that at all. Uh, there's a difference between a real pass rush and wearing a red jersey. But uh, no, Peyton uh, Peyton's very intrigued by this young guy, and I think we all are. I think we know they're going to be terrible this year. Uh, not to be Joe negative, I'm saying IU is going to be terrible and uh, the Colts are going to be terrible. But, I mean, I'd be shocked if they won three or four games. Uh, I think this could be a historically rough season. But, um, you know, it's not about wins and losses this year. It just it just isn't. It's about getting this kid ready. And uh, I think Peyton clearly uh, understands the importance of all those reps. So Bob Kravitz, who joins us, I want to get back to Saturday, and, and I would agree with you, and I would take it even further, and I have earlier in the week, is that, yes, he does need reps, and that was a wasted opportunity. It was a wasted opportunity to get him in front of a home yeah. crowd fans that were there just basically to see him and really in the process I mean you open yourself up for questions as to what your motive really was because there was no reason to hide this decision whatsoever you could have said that on Thursday if that's what you're thinking on Thursday just like Matt Eberflus did regarding Justin Fields but you held tight until the start of the game and you made everybody around here who already doesn't believe a great deal and how honest at times this organization has been think even more negatively about that so, I mean, you did yourself a disservice in two different ways. You did. I, I think there's a real disconnect. You know, uh, you know, uh, I understand where Steichen is coming from, but 
Uh, I think organizationally there's a disconnect between between the organization and the fans at times. They have not been completely forthcoming. I don't expect NFL teams to be completely forthcoming. I understand that there are certain things they like to keep close to the vest, but this just seemed like like they were trying to pull a fast one. You know, let's get all those people in there and let's get them a bunch of beers and, you know, 50, what, they have 65,000 people the other night or something like that. And no, no Anthony Richardson. I'm not saying that you play him just to please the fans. You, you're trying to build and grow your team. But it just seems to me that's an opportunity to grow your young quarterback and your number one offense. And this idea, you know, look, I'm not, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not Shane Steichen, but it seems to me that you can, you can benefit from playing real football, uh, especially when you're a guy as inexperienced as uh, Anthony Richardson. Well, and you're absolutely right. There's a tremendous divide with a lot of Colts fans and the decision-making of this organization. And and then you add on the fact where, you know, they have promised Bob so much over the years, and Jim has promised so much over the years, and yeah. not even been in the neighborhood of delivering on those promises. You make that divide even larger when you handle that situation, which, Bob, it should be easy to handle. It should. I, I, I would advise them, much like I do in social media, like I try to think a couple of steps ahead on how something I send out is going to be interpreted because you're not there in front of everybody and telling them what you really feel uh, because I don't want to have to go over and over again and explain myself on something that is is misinterpreted. So in this case, why you have to hide this makes zero sense. If you're Tom Allen and you feel the need before Ohio State, you play them in week number one to hide the identity of your quarterback, then you know that's what you do in gamesmanship. But there's no gamesmanship going on on Saturday night there no no it, it, it was totally unnecessary and even even if there was nothing uh untoward going on even if they weren't trying to pull a fast one it looks the perception is that they tried to pull a fast one uh Sykin was supposed to be available uh after the second uh practice uh joint practice with the bears he wasn't i, I think there's a. I have every reason to believe that somebody is going to ask him, who, who, you know, what what's your quarterback rotation going to be, and he didn't want to have to lie about it, so they just decided not to make him available. And you know, again, maybe they weren't trying to pull a fast one, but that's the perception. Yeah, that's certainly the way it looks. And that's how it's interpreted, and they they have to do a better job. And Bob, this is something they've been fighting for about five years. I mean, they, they really they really have been fighting this. And, you know, every time they take a step toward, I mean, o- owning a little bit more of that public decision-making confidence, they, they take a couple of steps backward. Well, I mean, it goes back even further to the way they handled the Andrew Luck injury. I remember so clearly, Chuck, where, you know, he was in Europe, uh, uh, Andrew was, and the Colts kept saying, yeah, he'll be back, he'll be back, he'll be back. And five days in a row, hey, is Andrew Luck back? Chuck Pagano is like, no, nah, he's, he's on his way. I said, is he taking a boat, Chuck? Is he taking a <laughs> boat? Is he swimming here? I mean, probably not the most appropriate thing to see at a press conference, but Chuck thought it was funny. Um, 
you're right. There, there is a disconnect, and I think they need to do everything in their power to improve the relationship with this city and its fan base because they're going to need a reservoir of goodwill because they're going to suck this year, and they may not be very good for a year or two or even three. Well, they they need to try to create – there's a common theme to me here. you got to create a confidence between your organization, this team, and your fan base, like clearly the confidence there is between what Jim Irsay believes in Chris Ballard. Because with the fans and with Jim, I mean, either one really has a great deal of reason to feel confident in the decision-making of the other. But you've got to build it and start building it someplace. And with the fans, this has been crushed so many different times, a decision like that. And then we end up bringing it up and we magnify it probably make it a lot worse and yeah it's just it's just something they can't get out of their own way about yeah i mean and even with this jonathan taylor thing okay you can you can agree with their take on this but the fact that they well first of all why is he in philadelphia does he get marriott points how does this work why is jonathan taylor who doesn't want to be an indianapolis colt maybe for good very good reason um why is he there I mean, it seems to me he, he's he's infecting the whole team with his attitude, and I don't know why he's there. And nobody's given me a good explanation as to why, you know. And the fact that they haven't apparently, according to Jamerse, they have not even tried to uh, give Jonathan Taylor an offer. They they are playing hardball on this. And if you're a Colts fan, all you give a crap about is winning. And Anthony, Anthony, or excuse me, Jonathan Taylor helps you win a lot more than him not being there. I mean, he's he's a difference maker when he's healthy. So, you know, I, I think I think there's going to be a, a bad feelings. You know, the the way they're handling this Jonathan Taylor fiasco, and of course Jim Irsay with some of his impertinent uh, tweets and saying the things that he said. Uh, the Colts do not do not come off well here. So Bob Kravitz joins us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. And listen, it, it was clear what the Colts' operational procedure was to start this. I mean, they, they didn't want to pay Jonathan Taylor. They were going to make him prove it. That's where Jonathan Taylor is right now. And the guy that he hired back in May to represent him had certainly a more harder core view, clearly, at how to address the situation than maybe what the previous rep did. So here's where we are right now. And I talked to a lot of people around here. Everybody suggests that he's not going to play a down again in a Colts uniform. But many nationally believe he will. What's your thought on this right now, knowing that things could change a couple of different times moving forward, but where do you think he plays? The next time he plays an NFL game, where is it? I think it might be game eight of of the regular season with the Colts. It's going to be really hard to make this. There's so many moving parts here, John. First, you've got to find somebody who's willing to give him what he wants financially. That's going to be hard. And then you've got to come up with a trade with trade value that's okay with the Colts. And so you've got these two independent things going on, and I'm not sure they're going to be able to pull that off. You know, I mean, yeah, I think there are people who are, are, are willing to make a trade, but are they willing to pay what he wants? 
and vice versa. They may be willing to pay him what he wants, but they don't want to give the Colts the equivalent of a first-round pick, say a, a second and a third or second and a fourth. So um, I think they're going to, you know, they're going to just play this thing out. Uh, eight game eight is kind of the magic number because you've got to play six games to get in a crude season and uh, become become a free agent. And the Colts uh, are able to put him on this list for two games. So uh, Chris Jones, in fact, who's holding out with the Kansas City Chiefs, basically said, you'll see me in game eight. So it would not shock me if that's the situation with Jonathan. Bob, when you look at this Colts roster right now, where would you rank it in the NFL if you were looking at every team as far as how good it is? Because, I mean, you don't have Jonathan Taylor. I mean, clearly that's your best offensive option right there. You don't have him. You make the situation even worse, a roster that's not good in the first place. Where would you rank it if you were able to rank it today among those other NFL teams? I can't think of a team that's that's less likely to win games than the Colts at this point. I think I think this is a really rough rough uh, uh, group. Um, you, you know, you, you, you I just look at that secondary. You've got two UDFA's undrafted free agents starting at the corners, and they're back. They're backed up by two rookies. I think the defensive lines will be pretty good. I think the linebackers will be okay. I think the secondary is a problem. I'm still not sold on this offensive line. I'm definitely not sold on their running game. I'm definitely not sold uh, on their passing ability with the young quarterback. And uh, I'm not sold on, on their wide receivers and tight ends. So I, I just think, you know, 32 teams, they're damn, they're damn near 32 when it comes to the quality of their, of their group. It's uh, Bob Kravitz. You can find his work at substack.com slash at Bob Kravitz. Musings, uh, musings, I should say, of an old sports writer with Bob Kravitz on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. The over-under, I think, Vegas odds-wise is six and a half, and I've, I've gone under yeah. that, certainly. But do you think that the problem you're going to have is last year was a circus and a disaster, um, yes. and you go yes. under this four is, wins. And we're, we haven't even played. We're just approaching the third game of the preseason. It's already been a clown show with this whole Jonathan Taylor situation. So uh, I, I don't know where they go from here, but uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of dicey. Man, they need. I mean, I don't expect it. Don't get me wrong here, but they need a just a surprisingly effective more so than anybody ever thought rookie season from their quarterback to help save them from themselves right now a little bit you know i, I mean again i don't expect Absolutely. it but man they need it they, they need it badly but again 13 games yeah. he played 13 games he completed 53 54 percent of his passes i mean he was you know sec defenses put it to him most weeks um so to think that he's going to be dynamite his rookie year, I think is is uh, I, I think you're dreaming, honestly. And you know, Peyton talked to I asked Peyton about having the uh, the record for most interceptions thrown by a rookie. Clearly, he wants to see it broken. He doesn't want to see it broken by Anthony. But I got news for you: 
Anthony Mike, <laughs> Anthony, one of those guys, most likely Anthony, is going to break that record. Yeah. I, I kind of wonder. I'm positive today, aren't I? I well, yeah. I mean, and, and that's kind of the way that it is. I guess that leads me to this question. Because much like last year with the Pacers, I mean, the Pacers really did undersell it. They, they played better, got everybody excited. Everybody's excited going into this year now. But this year with, with, with the Colts, there's not a great deal of optimism, yet the fans, at least from the ones I talked to, are seemingly cool with a wait and see and hoping that that quarterback shows signs of being you know, who everybody hopes that he ultimately can be. How long do you think that patience will last around here with the fan base? No, I give it a game. <laughs> no, I, I, I look. These are smart fans, and they got tired of seeing those old bones of Matt Ryan and Philip Rivers and whatever we got with uh, Carson Wentz. I, I think they're just thrilled that it's something new and fresh. And I, I think, I think people are smart. They understand this is going to. I mean, Peyton was three and thirteen. He had Marshall Falk and Marvin Harrison. This team doesn't have anybody close. I mean, well, they did, but they're going to let them let them try and get a trade in Jonathan Taylor. So you know, yeah, people people understand. I I I think they'll give it a year or two before they start getting a little antsy. You know, I'm sure when Anthony struggles and he will, people will say, "How about Gardner Minshew?" and Look, if he loses his confidence and it becomes a Zach Wilson situation, then, yeah, I mean, then maybe you do think about sitting them down and letting them learn from the sideline. But I think the game plan going in is let him take his lumps, as Peyton did, and let him learn on the fly. Um, so you think it's going to take a game for everybody starting to want Gardner Minshew out there? Now, a year ago, we saw the owner step in and install Ellinger as a quarterback starter. Yeah. I, I, I mean, are they going to be able to to keep him off of such situations this year? I think so. I, I He can't be that ridiculous, can he? I mean, he does some silly stuff. But I, I just th- – this is the franchise. Don't mess with the franchise. You know, and he went. He obviously lived through the, through the three and thirteen Peyton Manning rookie year. He, he should know what to expect, and it's going to be really ugly at times. And I think there are going to be times, especially when in the running game, where he is electric. Uh, you know, a truly dynamic, a dynamic player. So uh, I, I think that's what they got going for them. If they run the ball a lot uh, with, with Zach Moss or Deion Jackson or whoever. I think they can be somewhat effective, but that passing game is going to be—it's going to be rough. Yeah, I said one, and maybe even higher than that. I said one out of every three. You're going to go, oh wow, that's good. But those other three times, be a lot of face palming going on in the stands. There's no question about that. So, Bob Kravitz, what's coming up next with your column, Bob? What do you got? Well, I'm, I'm going to uh, cover the game tomorrow. Uh, I'm gonna. My Dateline will be my couch, my couch, Indiana. Uh, that'll be my Dateline, and yeah, I'm gonna just write from from my couch about the game, and uh, you know, I, I want to head up to Purdue at some point here soon. 
do something on their new coach. So I got a couple things planned. Yeah, I talked to I talked to Ryan Walters on Monday too. He's a he's he's a good conversation. It, it it's funny. He reminds me a great deal of Shane Steichen because there's not much other alternative conversation going on, but anything regarding football. That's basically it. Well, I want to talk to him about football, so it works out. It works out well. It works out well. Yeah, I mean, well, and and again, Shane Steichen gives you about five word answers. On football, and is there anybody more uncomfortable in having to be pressed into answering Jonathan Taylor questions than Shane yeah, Steichen we, is? Yeah, I, I told him because I saw him getting kind of. He had this look on his face, like you guys got to stop asking me about this. And I told him afterwards, I said, Shane, we're going to ask you every day. We're going to ask you every day, and all you got to do is say I don't know or <laughs> whatever you have to say in three words or less. Uh, because you never know when things are going to change. We learned that with Andrew Luck. The one day you don't ask about Andrew Luck, that's the day they put him back on, on injured reserve or whatever. So you, you, as a journalist, you've got to ask that important question every single damn day, and it's his job to answer it as honestly and in, in as few words as possible. It is amazing to think about what everybody's gone through with this football team, this organization over the last handful of years. I I say this all the time. I no longer am able to say, yeah, you know what? There's no way that's ever going to happen because there's like been three different times around here where you say that. And what actually happened was what you talked about never, ever happening. It's amazing. Well, letting Peyton go would be one. And then, then, uh, you know, Andrew Luck retiring – and then, of course, this whole Jonathan Taylor mess. And, you know, I, you know, even if you can make the argument that he's not worth it, you know, the bottom line is fans want, want their team to win. And you are more likely to win with Jonathan Taylor than you are without him. Uh, you know, to me, this is the Colts saying, A, we're not going to pay him, and, and B, we're not terribly concerned about the wins and losses this year. Hey, regarding Manning, too, and your column, what are his true feelings about Indy? I mean, I know that they're secondary now, certainly to Denver, where he lives and he calls home, his main home of many. But what does he think about Indy overall here? I, I think I think he still loves this place. It's a, I think it's got a, a special place in his heart. You know, I there's no question that there there were some wounded feelings when they let him go. Um you know, uh, I think he's still close with Jim Irsay, but I think that hurt a lot, and I understand that. I also understand why they did what they did. Um, but they're going to be in, they're going to be in Denver for for the normal reasons. His wife loves it; it's a great place to live, and his kids are in school. And no, you don't want to move your kids when you're in school. When they're in school, you know, they grow up, they got their friends, they got their, they got everything going on, their social life. So I think they love Denver. It's a great town. But uh, I don't think there's any harsh feelings towards Indianapolis. He's still out here a lot. He still does a lot with charity, and especially with his hospital. So uh, I, don't, I don't think, you know, I think he was hurt by the whole thing. But I, I don't think there's bad feelings there. Uh, maybe this is never even approached. But in, in a private moment, have you ever asked Jim if he regrets now knowing 
where we are, regrets making that decision of, of cutting Peyton loose. And I, I know that at the moment, it, you know, what else would you have to do? But just knowing what you know now, would he have done the same thing? I, I would say yes. I would say yes. I, I've never asked him. Uh, it's never come up in conversation. But um, I, I think he looks back and says, hey, you know, Peyton would have been surrounded by a really bad football team that was under the gun with, with finances and the salary cap. And I, I think I think he still feels strongly that that was a move that had to be made. And, and I agree. You know, it pains me, but I agree. It's uh, Bob Kravitz again. Bob Kravitz's work you can find at substack.com slash at Bob Kravitz. Musings of an old sports writer. His latest regarding a column talking about Anthony Richardson and getting the inside of one Peyton Manning. Again, you can check it out. Substack.com slash at Bob Kravitz. Covering from the couch cushion tomorrow for the Colts and the Eagles in preseason game three. Now, does that include you get to sit there and drink some bourbon too? No, there will be no uh, no alcohol or anything else involved. I will be a uh, I will be a um, I'll, I'll be good. I'll be good. I'll be, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll, be, I'll be fine. Uh, there, there there might be a cheesesteak since it's Philly. Nice. I just got. You might as well. You're here. Might as well just go with a regular steak. Put something on the grill. No. Bring it back in there. Roll it. So. Yeah, that'd be nice. No, I'll be I'll be responsible. Hey, you, are you enjoying this? I am, man. This is great. Uh, I write what I want, when I want, how I want. I can write a thousand words, two thousand words, six hundred words. It doesn't matter. Uh, this has been great fun, and I hope people will continue to uh, subscribe. And uh, that way, I can pay my mortgage. We will have you on and talk it up all the time, whenever you want, Bob. I appreciate you. My my pleasure. It's uh, Bob Kravitz right there. Always good to the show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Can't wait. Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline right now. It is hard to believe that you can honestly sit here and open up with who's your football coach, Tom Allen, and say, hey, Next week, things officially get underway. Ohio State in Bloomington on the 2nd at 3.30. The football Hoosiers head coach joins us now. Hello, Tom. How you doing? I'm doing great, buddy. It's it, awesome. It is incredible. Like, we could say <laughs> next week, next <laughs> week you get this thing started. Right. Unbelievable. Boy, you know, you have it on your calendar. You count it down. And it seems so far away it's, uh, at some point. But, man, it just uh, goes so fast. Already through fall camp, got 10 more days, and can't wait. I would assume this, as a coach, as you are, does it really, is it like breakneck speed the closer that you get in this case? Because, I mean, I know you go back to July, it seems so far away, and now it's almost like this thing is going faster than what you can really recognize, I'm assuming, leading up to this first game. Yeah, there's no question. Yeah, it really at this point, man, it'll be uh, you just blink here and it'll be it'll be game day. You know, and you know, got so many things you want to get done. So you just uh, you just chip away at them. And uh, but yeah, there's no doubt it goes lightning fast. It's uh, Tom Allen, the head coach of the Hoosiers on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I also know that you're you're probably tired of being asked this, but you you have in your mind right now who your quarterback starter is going to be opening up against Ohio State on the second. I'll just have to ask you, who is it? 
<laughs> you just kind of have to show up for the game or watch it on television. <laughs> All right. Well, nice uh, try. yeah, no, now, you know, and listen, I had like 11 different ways I was going to ask that. I think I picked like at least one of the 10 worst I came up with. But uh, I, I, no. I'm, I'm curious, your philosophy uh, about what you wanted, what what went into the details of you coming up with the decision? Even if we don't know who it is right now and you want to hold that close to you until game day, what what went into the overall decision on your starting quarterback? Well, you know, it's a, it's a complicated process. And you obviously, you're just trying to, to, to find the, the best person to help you help you win, you know, at the end of the day. And, and uh, there's a lot of variables that go into that, a lot of hard work, a lot of time, a lot of – a lot of reps, a lot of, you know, we got spring football that goes into that and then the whole summer and everything that you, you do in that time of the year when there's a lot of ownership the quarterbacks take for the offense and for the team in a leadership role because the coaches aren't as directly involved. And then you get into fall camp, which is where the most intense part of the whole process you go through and, and you try and simulate game settings and game situations on in practices and then you have scrimmages that, that you put into the equation. You, you, you keep track of everything that you do and you look at the numbers and at the end of the day you gotta just you follow your gut about uh, who you believe is going to be the, the best individual to to help you move that offense down the field, get in the end zone, score touchdowns, you know, and, and get points. And that's really at the end of the day what you're looking for. Hey, Tom, I know that there are oftentimes you you can't be with them because of rules and such. And, and I'm curious, compared to other sports, how much personal time in effect to concentrating on your craft at the quarterback position, how much improvement can be made when you're by yourself working on your game? Well, I would say, you know, from a fundamental perspective and just, you know, strength and stamina and conditioning, you can work on all those things. But it's it's really you need to be obviously you got to be showing with your receivers. That's a huge part of it over the summer. And and the thing that's hard about the summer is we we, we can actually have OTAs now, but uh, which allows us to be with our players for a certain amount of time during the week. But we can't they can't throw a football when you're there with them during that time. So, because I think the, the, the logic is if you just let them do that, then they're just going to have practice in June and July. And so it, for the quarterback position, if you can't throw the football, that, that really makes it hard. You know, So uh, I just feel like that you can do a lot of good things to, to improve yourself physically. And, and obviously, as a guy you know, grows through the developmental process and he's able to understand you know, what it is you're doing schematically, that you, you can get your team together and they can throw seven-on-seven seven by themselves or they can do some things like that where when the coaches aren't there, it can be productive. But a lot of times you, you get bad habits. So we try to balance all that out, you know. So the most improvement is definitely done while we're with them during spring ball and during fall camp. Do they do they get together on their own? I mean, you hear this at the NFL level all the time, where you know the quarterback gets wide receivers together, they work on things, you know, during the yeah. summer or during the off season. Do these guys, in similar fashion, get together on their own to work on things like that? They do. We have, we have areas you know, throughout the, the, the regular week, Monday through Friday, we call them player-led practices that we are allowed to organize on paper, and then they follow the, the script. And then on the weekends, the guys throw on their own, you know. And so that's really it. So it's, a lot of it is on their own in the summertime. And so, but yes, and that's where you see the leadership piece of, of the guy. That's where you get a chance to you talk to the receivers and you talk to the, the running backs and even the DBs that go and get somebody to do seven-on-sevens against each other. That allows you to kind of get a feel for the leadership of a of 
of a quarterback when the coaches aren't around. Uh, he is the football Hoosiers head coach, Tom Allen, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Mums the word until they open up against Ohio State on the starting quarterback. However, one of the really bad attempts I was going to try to pry it out of you right here was this. <laughs> uh, I'm curious. When you look at Brendan Sorsby and you look at Taven, um, I, I want from, from both quarterbacks, I, I want the positives that you see that they bring to the field at that position individually that you have seen you know over you know spring until where you are right now the positives that both bring to the table at the quarterback position yeah i think that uh, and I'll, I'll go with the one that's been here longer um you know so brendan is is uh, he's got he's got good size you know he's turned 30 pounds and and uh, has a strong arm and i'd say arm talent is one of his strengths without question you know and, and the ability to to move move well you know and i, I think just a, a good feel for the throw game and, and the timing of routes and those different kind of things that are good, good. And just to be able to have a, a pretty composed, you know, demeanor about him doesn't seem to get all flustered. You know, he's not too high, not too low, you know, and then you take a guy like Taven, who I think is just kind of like that, the, uh, competitive guy that brings a lot of moxie, you know, to, to the situation and definitely has arm talent and can run as well. And uh, so, but I think has, uh, you know, uh, you watch him out there. We, we do the things, you know, with uh, our basketball over the summer and, and we had three point competition. He wins that, you know, and, and it's just a you know, good athlete and do a lot of different things. And, you know, they both actually, uh, we had a little golf thing last week. They can both crush a golf ball, you know, <laughs> yeah. and so I was impressed by their because we got some guys that can barely even hit a golf ball, but but uh, they definitely have that athletic skill set for sure. So, but but I think that the, the moxie piece is kind of what sticks out to me with with Taven, you know. So but I tell you what, I, I do. I believe both guys are have the talent, are good enough to help us to win in this conference, and and that's a great thing to have two of those because uh, you're going to need two. And knowing Taven. For a while. hold on one second though, is there ever a chance that you play them both in games? Well, I mean, I don't think I've ever been here in a season where we didn't play two quarterbacks. You know, since I've been here, you know, so no, no, uh, be, so you would be open to that, like with these guys playing them in a game. Yeah, well, I think that there's no question. You like the fact yeah. that you got two, and then with, when you get Dex back, you got three that I yeah. believe can all play in this conference and help us win football games. Yeah, and, and good. You bring up Dexter, too. Where, where is he right now as far as coming back from the injury? Yeah, he's definitely way ahead from what we thought he would be at this time. Uh, he, he's not going to play in these first few games and not even going to dress, but, but he's been practicing. I mean, he even took snaps during scrimmages, and you know, our, our team moved the ball period, and that will continue, and all the individual. And so, way ahead. It's just a matter of just going through this process of healing his knee and being able to – because his, his athleticism is really his strength without question and uh, throws the ball good enough but definitely his legs are what makes him special and so so getting those back is going to be huge and so he's definitely you know uh, a few weeks away you know from that but at the same time you know we're uh, we're excited for him he's one of our you know I have to say uh, one of the favorite teammates of, of all the guys on this team they're just such a fan of his because of what he's been through his grit and his toughness and perseverance to overcome two two serious knee injuries and this last one was, was the most serious one of all so uh, everybody's kind Root for him to be able to come back and play again. So, uh, awesome young man, highly respected by this team, and we're just hoping to get him back. Yeah, Tom, too, I was going to mention this uh, regarding Taven, too. He's just a dude that, that really fall. I should be jealous. We all should be jealous of dudes like that because they, they do everything well. I mean, whatever sport, whatever's yeah. asked of them, he's just one of those guys that does basically everything well, athletically speaking. 
There's no doubt. Yeah, no question. Some guys are like that. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I'm incredibly jealous. Uh, Tom Allen, the head coach of IU. Uh, IU opens up with Ohio State. All right, obviously, you know, one of the things we, we commonly forget about asking other questions because we focus in you know, on this quarterback decision and what's, what's coming up here against Ohio State at that position. But what about your offensive line? That certainly has been a problematic area in yeah. the past. Where is it, in your opinion, going into the start of this season? Yeah, there's no question the last two seasons have not been to, to the standard that we need to be at to, to win in the Big Ten, and it's been an issue that we have addressed. And so our guys have worked really, really hard. You know, I like where we are. Obviously, they got to prove it on game day, but uh, trying to develop depth at this point and uh, just know that, uh, you know, we're going to play the best five guys and trying to mix and match those these last couple of practices to find the best combination of guys to get out there. So love the job that Coach Bostad is doing, our new offensive line coach and, and his leadership and, and the way we've seen our guys develop. Like you said, all that matters is how they perform on game day. So I'm uh, excited about that group. I mean, they've worked really, really hard, and they got a chip on their shoulder. They know they got something to prove without question, and uh, I'm excited to see them respond. So uh, it's a group that we need to have a really good season for us, and I expect them to. Uh, your wide receiving group's got some experience there and certainly got some athleticism and some talent. What do you think about that group going in? I really like that group. I really do. I know getting Cam Camper back is huge, and it was a major loss for us to to, to, to miss him in the second half of the season. And I just think that he, uh, his leadership, you know, he got voted as a captain by his teammates, which is awesome. And, and to, to see him back to, to health is great. You know, Donovan McCauley's also, he's had a phenomenal camp. He just continues to get better, better even every day. And Omar Cooper's another one that, that just has continued to come on and, and add EJ Williams to the crew. And, and Anderson Kobe's already here and those are explosive guys and and, and then the Keith Carter is a new guy as well so I think it's a group that has a lot of talent and uh, we're going to need them all and uh, got different skill sets within there those different guys but got some big guys on the perimeter to be able to help us you know win some of those balls on the edge and help us create some explosive plays that's what we got to be able to do our offense got to be way more explosive consistently in both the run game and the throw game to help us create points hey, hey, tell me do you have a guy that the talent that Jalen Lucas possesses um, is is are you afraid ever to to overuse somebody like that or is it just yeah hey, listen we're gonna throw him out there we're gonna yeah. put him in positions to really make defenses uncomfortable how do you handle that well you do you know and he's. He's one of those guys where you just say, hey, you've got to have this many touches per game, you know, and uh, obviously he's got, uh, you know, major value in the return game on special teams. And then as, a, as both a running back and, and uh, we've ex- extended him as a slot receiver type person as well. And so just trying to find creative ways to get him the football in space, you know, he's just so dynamic and makes, you know, he can accelerate so well, he's so quick, change direction. So, and even though he's not big, he's really thick and he's really in his lower body. He's got a really strong core to him so makes him hard to tackle but yeah he's he's a guy you definitely want to get the ball to as much as you possibly can but yeah you got to be able to you know long season ahead of you but at the same time he's he's a difference maker and when he's got the ball in his hand he can he can make make things special things happen so we definitely have a, a major objective to be able to give him a certain number of touches each game hey, hey tom final thing too you got a lot of transfers on this team and obviously every team now utilizes that to a a great extent how do you like the group that you've brought in that Hoosier fans will see for the first time in an IU football uniform 
you know, I really liked the group a lot. You know, we worked really hard to find guys that fit with us, and they would come here and buy into our culture and buy into the way we want to do things. And, and I really like the guys we've added and, and just some, some guys that come here with a, a chip on their shoulder, something to prove, mindset, and for a variety of different reasons. And so uh, excited for them to be able to compete and be a part of this team and for our, you know, Hoosier Nation to watch them compete in Memorial Stadium on the second. You know, I just think that they've worked really, really hard, and they bought into what we asked them to do. So uh, you expect to see, I expect to see uh, a lot of these transfers, you know, on the field, on the second making play. So it's going to be exciting. It definitely is no question. College football has changed. College athletics has changed here in the last couple of years, and we tried to to be able to get on board with that and find out, figure out a way to, to work it to our advantage. All right, I'm not going to bring it up because you have a game before it as you guys start out with Ohio State, but C. Mal is going to bring in my Sycamores into that place on the eighth too. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I know Kurt well, and he's one of my, my good friends. And yes. We talk a lot, and uh, special person, special family. So he's a great guy. The, Just a great guy. Awesome guy. Yes, he is. No question about it. I got to give he him a lot of love that. over there, too, because we got <laughs> he needed over there often. So it's good to see you, you guys got them on the schedule this year. Hey, hey Tom, uh, the best of luck to you moving forward. We'll get you on often over the course of the season. Tell yes. Kegger I said hello, too. It's been way too long since I've seen the Kegger okay. down there. All right. I sure will, buddy. Have a great night. All right, Tom. Thank you very much. Tom Allen, the head coach of the football Hoosiers on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It is the morning wake-up call with Andy Sweeney and Kevin Bowen, or in this case, Kevin and Andy. And part of Sweebo joins me now via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. He is the bow part. He's the Bowen, Kevin Bowen. Hello, Kevin. When I hear you say that, I keep on thinking you're talking about Western Boone High School. Sweebo. You guys are Sweebo. How are things going, you and Sweebo? And I don't know why, like, everybody loves the morning wood thing. Did you see what somebody sent you last week? That was awesome. Yeah. yeah, people make some really funny graphics very quickly nowadays. I was—I I wish I was blessed with that talent. Me too. Uh, things are good. Um, you know, Andy's energy is through the roof at 7 a.m., and he is ready to go. And obviously he's walked into, to steal a phrase from him, manna from heaven with this Jonathan Taylor story here in week one. I'm like, man, you know, I was kind of hoping we could get to know you a little bit more with the I mean, show. But, yeah, I, I think uh, Andy has so much energy. Does he ever walk in studio with you and Mark and yell at the top of his lungs, say hello to my little friend, and then make sense out of that? <laughs> he's got that much yeah. energy. He's he, uh, He's got some Tony Montana type of energy working in the morning. He does, and, you know, I think you're hitting that a little bit there. You know, he's welcoming his first kid here in a few months, so he's currently posted up at an Airbnb by himself while his wife, um, whatever, seven and a half months pregnant, is down in southern Indiana still, and I guess he's got that coffee cranked up, ready to go in the morning, and uh, he certainly uh, fills our airwaves with all that energy <laughs> for uh, for three hours, but super knowledgeable um and he's a guy that is very passionate about the nfl so walks into the chair at a very good time considering the uh the topic at hand so you do you have to share a toilet with other people at an airbnb do you have your Uh, own toilet well i guess it depends on you know the the dimensions of the 
Airbnb. I, I, he is alone in the house, so I would. Assume, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, he's got his own TV. I, I have never done the Airbnb where like someone is just renting out their room. That that's. Yeah, I, I I need a little bit more privacy. Nor do I maybe trust humanity. I can't share um, a toilet. There's no way in the world. The roof. Yeah, you're not a big road game guy. You've made that clear, right? Well, I mean, Andy Andy is from Southern Indiana, so they 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 do a lot of toilet sharing down there. <laughs> Hold on, <laughs> what do you got, James? So Andy is texting me right now. He says, "No sharing oh. of the toilet. It's basically an apartment. It's not a hostile." <laughs> Or hostile. That's hostile. what a hostile. I was just reading how it was spelled. <laughs> it's okay. Seriously, I mean, there are a lot of outhouses. I mean, much like Kentucky, that far yeah. in southern Indiana, you're not quite all in, you know, to having indoor plumbing just yet. You, you still like, you still love Turtle Man down there as, as much as everybody does. It's a, it's a big deal there. So maybe having your own bathroom is a big deal for him up here. Now, Andy references you as the godfather. Recently <laughs> yeah, right. On the show, are you gonna, you know, maybe change the Twitter profile, change the LinkedIn page to yeah. throw out the Godfather on there? Yeah, can you imagine how much hell I would take if I did something stupid like that? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I would just rather muddle along me and old dumbass me. You know what I mean? That's me. I, I fit that much better than I do anything else. Yeah. But I thank him for that. But no, I'm glad I've been listening to, and I'm glad everything's going well through three days. Yeah, and it seems like again, I haven't—I know Jake was out today, but it seems like things are going well from uh, noon to three. So hopefully, all of our listeners are um, enjoying the new lineup here on the fam. Think anybody's ever taken a day off in day number three of their new job to go to a White Sox game? <laughs> well, White Sox game in 110 degree heat as well. Yeah, I don't know if Jake thought he was interviewing for the new GM or president job there with the White Sox, but. Yeah, boy, I uh, I had to chuckle when I when I, I I totally forgot he had mentioned that a couple of weeks ago. I mean, it's one thing to go up to Wrigley for the Springsteen concert. I don't know if the business business businessman day special at Old Comiskey is uh, is needed in this heat from Jake. But yeah, I hope he uh, hope he enjoyed White Sox and whoever they're playing Mariners or something. Kevin Bowen, the morning show. It is the morning wake up call with Kevin and Andy, seven until ten a.m. here on ninety three five and one zero seven five. The fan Monday through Friday, weekday mornings, right here. All right, so the Colts now have a deadline, and somewhere Andy Brand's probably got you know, sports arousal by seeing a deadline there. Um, Colts have given Jonathan Taylor until Tuesday to find a suitable trade after authorizing the running back to find a trade partner again. This via Stephen Holder as well. Six teams have inquired about Taylor's availability and two have made the offers per holder. I, I, I would love to see the offers because I'm, I'm quite sure we're going to laugh at them compared to the high dollar value that the Colts put on priority wise their running back, right? Wouldn't it be funny? Yeah, it, it certainly would. I, I, six teams, I mean, gosh, I guess that's, I don't know, it's a few more than I thought. I guess six teams inquiring is different than two offering, but Hey, if you get you know multiple teams in this and can play the bid game over the next six days, uh, I, I think that makes some sense to me. But again, it's still you know as we get another layer to this story, John, it's still wild that this is where it's at, where yeah. you know, seemingly you are close-ish to the finish line. I mean, I know uh, getting all the way there, of course, is is arguably the hardest hurdle to clear. But wow, I mean. Yeah, come 4 o'clock on Tuesday and you assemble a 53-man roster, the dude on the southwest corner of Lucas Oil Stadium plastered up there for 
everybody to see driving on I-70. I guess he might be driving on I-70 one final time to his next destination. I'll tell you what, we there's some uh, some teams around here in the past are are capable uh, in their own right or you know with help from you know the player itself, uh, they can turn a very lovable personality and a player into a villain pretty damn quick around here, you know. Yeah, and again, I, I think blame here is certainly both sides of it. Um, you know, I thought Taylor was clearly frustrated dating back to the spring. If I'm not mistaken, I think Stephen Holder. reported, and I hope I have this right, um, that Taylor's representation or Taylor, I don't know exactly who it was, approached the Colts back in the spring about, you know, wanting an extension. And that was, you know, whatever, a couple months into Shane Steichen tenure. And that's when the Colts said no. And and clearly that stance has not changed to the point where you're not even really in a negotiation, you know, phase, because that's typically what happens here this time of year. I think Leonard signed his extension, I would say, probably like mid-August. I know Quentin Nelson and Naheem Hines, for example, they were closer to the start of the season. But um, whether it is the arrival of Shane Steichen that's influencing this more than anything, um, clearly the Colts have altered their blueprint with it. And it's kind of wild to think that, you know, names like Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter, who are extremely plugged in league-wide, I think they pretty much said in the last 24 hours that if they were a betting man, they would say he will be traded. And, and again, just the fact that we're there um, uh, based off where, you know, things look after the draft is, uh, it's crazy to me. Yeah. And Jim Irsay is going to have to backpedal on that hard line stance, which was silly to make anyway, but it's going to be made even sillier now if something like this does take place. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I know, I'm thinking back to his comments. The night of the bus uh, the bus meeting between him and Jonathan Taylor and how staunch he was with those comments about he won't yeah. be traded now, he won't be traded in October. And I've said this throughout, John, as much as I disagree with the overall premise of not even negotiating with Taylor and uh, you know telling Anthony Richardson that the most important ingredient in his kitchen, or certainly one of them, from a skill skill position standpoint, is now gone. Um, if you're unwilling to extend him and, and you don't want him to be part of your future, then you have to trade him. And you have to try and get some return on that. Again, I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, and I understand Taylor's frustration with it all of, wait a minute, you know, you've extended all these guys before me, including a running back, and now you have this change of thought. Why should I believe your words? You know, basically, and who knows what their words are, but what if their words are, yeah, play out this season, and then we'll talk after the season. Well, if you're Jonathan Taylor, you're going to sit there and say, hey, I know how this works. I I see how teams treat running backs. I see how you're treating me right now. You're going to slap the franchise tag on me, and this is how it's going to go. Um, I I understand where Taylor's camp is, is coming from on that. I, I get what the Colts are saying. I just don't necessarily agree with it, um, especially when – and it almost seems like we've kind of forgotten this in the last few months. It, it, it's almost, maybe I should be reminding people, like, did we forget how raw and inexperienced and inaccurate Anthony Richardson was at Florida? I mean, this is – you cannot compare his collegiate resume to any first-round pick in recent history, whether it's the inexperienced nature to it and that combined with, again, 
the inaccuracy that he showed. I, I remember after the draft, I, I was thinking just how much of a kind of a unicorn pick this was. And I went back and looked at the last three years of college football. I think the college game's changed a lot here over the last few years, so I didn't want to go too far back. And I went back in the last three years and looked at Richardson's uh, the season he just had. He had over 300 pass attempts and his 13 starts. And if you look up the completion percentage number for Richardson, I think it was like 170-some quarterbacks qualified for having as many pass attempts as he did, and he was dead last of the 170-some QBs over the last three years. So, again, this is just an incredibly uh, far-fetched sort of project that any team has tried to take on in round one. And given that, that's where I think you, you have to live in reality and you have to, I think, alter and, and, and you know differ with your line of thinking and not have these necessarily these core values as a franchise because if you don't get Richardson right early on, then you're going to be in a world of hurt as a franchise. You ask if the Colts may have forgotten the inexperience they have with Richardson. Well, clearly they did on Saturday because they didn't think he needed any reps. You know, no snaps, no nothing, and then waited until everybody got their ass in the building before <laughs> making that announcement, which made them look really bad. And I also go back to something else that you said, you know, about the extensions of all these other, let's just say, non-essential position players on this team. That's what should really make everybody pissed. And even if it is a complete change in philosophy from Chris Ballard for the better, the fact that this is so unrecognizable for you, the necessity of him being with this quarterback and this group right now, when, you know, now is the time you're finally going to, you know, to change the pace after six years of just beating your head against the wall with crap that clearly didn't work and being able to survive that. And now is the time. This is the stand you're going to take in a guy that's played 13 games collegiately and clearly needs all the offensive help. This is where you're going to take your stand. If I'm a Colts fan, that's exactly how I feel. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with that, John. I, you know, listener of ours who him and I've had many back and forth over the you know whatever the last couple of years and I enjoy um, some of his thoughts but you know he was one of those that falls in the line of if Taylor wants to take this stance then you just tell him to whatever sit out and pout and you know whatever you draw the hard line in the sand and say tough luck Um, you know we're going to slap the franchise tag on you or we're going to let you walk in free agency next year but to your point, you are not in a position as a franchise to play the ticket game. The We're going to stand out in front of the school board and we're going to have our billboard up and we're going to say this and that. And and you just can't do that when you are a four-win football team that just drafted one of the most inexperienced quarterbacks ever to enter the NFL. Uh, that's, that's not the game that you can play right now. You need actions and you need resources to help out Anthony Richardson. That is what you need. And so – um, or actual players, and obviously that would be Taylor. Uh, but in this case, I'm referencing you know trading him and trying to get something in return for him. So that sounds good, and all of that you know might look good when you're in a meeting and let's band together and we're going to send a message and we're going to you know whatever carry the flag for the CBA and NFL owners and this and that. Ultimately, that doesn't matter. None of that matters. What matters is. Are you helping out your young quarterback's development? That is the only thing, the only question that matters. And every decision the Colts make for this season and the next few seasons is about that. And I don't think anyone can sit here and say letting Jonathan Taylor walk 
helps that out here in 2023 and the next couple of seasons. Kevin Bowen, it is Kevin and Andy in the morning. The morning wake-up call begins at 7 a.m. with a juiced Andy and a calm and cool collected Kevin Bowen. 7 until 10 a.m. every weekday morning right here on The Fan. Is this fair to say that if this now is going to be your stance, and clearly you get the confidence if you're Chris Ballard because you got a complete and utter uh, confidence reboot from the owner where you're in a good place even after six years of doing absolutely nothing or basically close to absolutely nothing. Is it fair to say that with the move that they may end up making and going back on the words less than a month ago that the owner said at the start of camp, vowing not to trade Jonathan Taylor, if you go back on those words so easily, to me you don't give two craps about your win-loss record this year, Correct. Is that what you're telling the fans? Yeah, that that's that's probably yeah, that's probably fair. I, I don't I haven't heard from a whole lot of fans that are too too worked up over the win loss record. Um, you know, obviously when you look at what the Pacers had last season, you know, the Colts following some sort of similar script. I, I don't know if that kind of you know, braced fans in this market for what the Colts season is likely to be about and should be about. You know, I've said before and ideal season is whatever four or five wins Richardson has flashes and you have a top three pick and you take Marvin Harrison jr. Um, and I mean, you could probably go back to March or whenever you made the trade of Stefan Gilmore. I mean, that was the first action that spoke very, very loud uh, to me. This would obviously be another action of that, but uh, yeah, they are, they, they clearly are having a, whatever, a, a re-altering of philosophy building, everyone to describe it. Uh, and this would probably be the cherry on top. Yeah, and and again, I just it, it is so funny thinking about where you could draw a line in the sand and, and change your operational procedure, your blueprint, as Chris. It looks like he's doing, and to do it now with this piece is pretty funny. It is pretty funny. You have to admit, pretty funny. Well, yeah, I mean, in a way, you'd be totally going against. Chris Ballard's, you know, previous yeah. thinking. I mean, yeah. I mean, arguably his biggest core belief is, you know, draft and retain, build with your own, reward your own. I mean, all of those phrases have been very popular. Again, kind of core beliefs of his. What should everybody do with their run the damn ball hats? Are they already put away? Are they already at goodwill? Well, yeah, I guess hope Jack Moss's broken arm heel, heels on that. Um, yeah, I was kind of curious. Who do you slap up on the side of Lucas run, Oil? Run the it, damn hall. They could put run the damn hall up there, I guess, instead of ball, right? Yeah. Run the damn hall for Evan Hall. Let be running. Evan Hall, nice. Very yeah. nice on that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Who do you want to put up on the building, Kev? Who's going up there? Yeah, do you just put up Richardson and say, you know, whatever. He's We're putting even more, more pressure on him early. I don't know. You throw Pittman up there. Uh, hell, he might walk in free agency coming up here. Uh, yeah, I've got yeah, Shaq, Shaq coming back from an injury. I guess Nelson and Buckner are certainly stalwarts. I have no hey, idea. Maybe maybe Matt Gay for the contract he signed. Here's what you can do. You can be like, if if you're like, for example, Men Without Hats, and your, your signature song is Safety Dance, you only have two um, signature songs, and one is Safety Dance, and you play that when you're on stage twice, right? You play it twice. You can put DeForest Buckner up there twice. Just putting front side <laughs> and back side. How about that? Yeah, I mean, 
it's a long walk around Lucas Oil. I don't think people are going to notice that there's someone on the northwest side. Or that it, it go with the Colts logo, the too. Side. Go with the Colts logo. Sure, They've right. done that but before, right? Blue. I don't know. It, it didn't blue win, like, mascot of the year. Maybe, maybe it's time to <laughs> throw him up there. Put the anvil up there. That'd be anvil look really good right there. <laughs> I, I I can't get out of the way that this is all so silly. But and again, maybe maybe it ends up working. I will say this: I, if this is Chris completely and finally understanding, this is a modern era way of building a team. Then so be it. But it just seems like the worst of timing to come to that conclusion, considering where you are right now. And I don't think there's yeah. any getting around that. And I think that's the perfect way to to put it. It is all about timing. You know, and I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth. And I said that, you know, to our listeners a couple of days ago, I, I apologize because I have been steadfast in saying, you know, you don't draft the running back until day three. Like, I, I'm a big believer in that. That's kind of my overall thinking. But again, the goalposts change as soon as you drafted Anthony Richardson. Everything changes now. Now it is all in about support, support, support. Do it as soon as possible, as quick as possible to try and and develop. And that's why Miami has interest in Taylor. Miami views this window early on. We're going to make a big trade for Tyreek Hill. We're going to make a big move for Bradley Chubb. We've got this young quarterback that isn't making a whole lot of money. We we, we think he's the right guy. We're not 100% sure he's the right guy. So let's support him, get him confident and feeling good about himself. And then once you start paying him, obviously you can kind of alter some of your thinking from there. Um, So it is all, all about timing. I would laugh and laugh and laugh. How about Jonathan Taylor? You know, there's a reason why I went to Philly, right? So he can just change locker rooms. They can trade him to Philly. Trade him to Philly. (laughs) Well, they certainly have uh, (laughs) – they do have a couple of uh, extra draft picks, they do. I believe, are coming out. Something, something Miami doesn't really have. I don't think Miami has a third or a fourth. So um, I understand, again, yeah. where the Dolphins are coming from. From, you know, do you make safeties think twice about staying back with Tyreek Hill and, and Jalen Waddell and, and all of that? I know Miami's not in a great cap situation, but they've been very aggressive in, in their building here, whether it was the Bradley Chubb trade last year or, or the Tyreek Hill one. Um, so that is one that I. I can clearly see why uh you know vegas kind of placed them as the favorite yeah i i just you'd never believe in my miami's always kind of that oh yeah here it comes and then there comes the big letdown not too far away from it so we'll we'll see but no that is absolutely right the the most logical choice um a place of landing spots for jonathan taylor all right you uh Sweebo is going to have this for you coming up tomorrow morning that is the morning wake-up call with kevin and andy or affectionately referenced as Sweebo. tomorrow morning at 7 a.m you got that covered Sweebo, I've got it. Yeah, again, I'm thinking of Western Boone. I think that's where Hunter, did Hunter Smith's kids go to Western Boone. I feel like I watched one of them in the state finals a few years back. I could be, could be totally off on you that. Know, you, do you like the you like the Sweebo? I actually liked. I, I, I probably in you know, maybe my seventh grade mind coming out. I actually laughed at the morning wood, and then when you had the graphic, yeah, that's good. Do you recall who the listener was? I, I, uh, I, I can't remember problem. right now, but it was uh, solid. Yeah. That was um, that was solid there. So, um, yeah, I don't know if David Wood, our boss, is looking for a rebrand after a few days, but we'll see what happens. Uh, I, we could call. It, I, I think Sweebo, Andy's kind of like Matt Foley. He's down in the basement 
drinking nine cups of coffee <laughs> before the start of the show right there. He's ready to go. Uh, yeah. Matt Foley. <laughs> Yeah, love it. Made it clear he's not in a hostel, right? No, <laughs> that's that is pretty funny. He said a text to James about that. All right, you guys keep on keeping on, man. I'll be listening in the morning, Kev. Appreciate you. Well, we'll do.